Hey, what is going on, guys? DK back at you with another video here to break down the eight game NBA main slate on Wednesday. This is your first time watching. Welcome. My name is DK. I make content for daily fantasy sports, uh, prize picks, and for NBA Top Shot and NFL all day. Um, if you guys want more in depth content for daily fantasy sports, I offer that on patreon.com. And now is the perfect time to sign up, start of the month. So, uh, again, out for player pools, um, private roster instruction videos, score plays, and then the most important part being the private live stream every single day before lock where we really hammer home the game theory. So, again, if that's something that interests you, you can check out uh, my Patreon that is linked down below. And the sponsor of this video, guys, is Roast Umber um, Coffee Company uh, that is located in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And... Um, I love the coffee. I'm in love with the Nitro Brew. If you guys want to give it a try, you can use my discount code DKDFS for 20% off your order. All right, so um, let's take a look back at my lineup here before we get into this Wednesday slate. And I just have to ask one question. Will there ever be a slate where I don't have to deal with massive foul trouble? I think the answer is it's going to happen every single slate to me, right? Um, so let's go over my lineup. Uh, I went to Malachi Flynn, Gary Trent, Scotty Barnes, Siakam, who got in massive foul trouble, Gafford, Schroeder, blowout, LeBron, and Aldridge. So um, I thought it was very clear cut and what you, want, what you wanted to do for the optimal lineup. You double punted with, with Gafford and Aldridge. You played Flynn, you stacked Toronto, and you played Luka. Like, that was very clearly the optimal, in my opinion. And I was thinking, okay, like, how am I going to get different? You know, I'll go to LeBron over Luka to try to get different. LeBron looks like he still doesn't care. Um, so probably not going to cash because a majority of people have Luca. Like he's extremely chalky, which I, I knew was going to happen. Uh, but yeah, Siakam picked up his fourth foul in the third quarter, very early on subbed out and then fouled out with like three or four minutes to go in the fourth. So, uh, lost a good chunk of minutes there. I would say six, seven minutes at least there for Siakam, which is massive, massive. So, um, it's just every single slate, whoever's in foul trouble, they're in my lineup. Um, but yeah, then Schroeder blowout. I have no regrets in that play. I thought he was a great option, even at the ownership. Uh, just got a little bit unlucky with uh, the random blowouts there. So that is it for the look back. High stakes right now. This is the $2,000 Hall of Famer. This is currently the winning lineup. Flynn, D'Lo, Trent, James Johnson, Aldridge, Beverly, Siakam, and Towns. Uh, but you're probably going to get some people passing with Luka. Um, Luca is 75% owned in, in this contest, as he should have been. And he was definitely a, a optimal spend up on this one. Um, but yeah, so again, no real surprises in the ownership. Schroeder, massive chalk. Flynn, close to 100%. Uh, the Toronto guys, all popular. Aldridge, popular. So uh, yeah, guys, that is it for the look back. Let's move on to this eight game. We'll start off with Charlotte and Cleveland. So, uh, tougher matchup here for the Hornets. But the prices have, have dropped in a couple of these main guys, that being LaMelo, Rogier, Bridges. Um, I think of the three, LaMelo looks the best at only 8.5K. Now, for some reason, like, he and a couple other of the starters played in that massive blowout. Like, they checked back in. You just never know what's going to happen, uh, you know, at times with that Hornets rotation. Like, they do run a tight rotation, but there's just random games where they'll, like, bench LaMelo. Like, for some, he came back in down 30 to, like, close out the game. Like, what are we... What are you doing? <laughs> what? Uh, but yeah, I think LaMelo of the three uh, of those three look good. All three in play for, for tournaments, though. The bigs, I mean, you're going to get Harrell and Plumlee splitting the minutes. Peter Washington's a 5-2. He's been starting the last couple games. More of just a neutral play. Uber off the bench, more of a neutral play. There's nothing that really stands out to me here. Like, I guess Plumlee at 4-6 against a big Cleveland front court. Maybe he plays a little bit more in this game. But 
there's there's not much outside of Lamelo that I really like. And the Cleveland side depends on Garland. So Garland's currently questionable. If he can't go, I think Brandon Goodwin looks like a solid play in the mid-range, who uh, I guess is now the best point guard to ever play, right? If you saw the first half last game, he had like, what, 30-plus uh, in the first half. But, um, yeah, he's going to make for a good option. Don't expect 46 again from him. But if there's no Darius Garland, I do think Goodwin is a pretty solid uh, option in the mid-range. If Garland plays and he's not limited, I think he looks great. 7.7 is too cheap for Garland if there's no limitations. Again, keep an eye on that news. As far as the bigs go, it's a really good spot. So, like, Allen, Mobley, Love, all in play. As you know, Kevin Love, as I always say, great GP play, right? When the minutes are there, like they were last slate, he can smash, right? When they're not, he's going to struggle. Obviously, one of 10 shooting also led to the less minutes. But Kevin Love, once again, a great tournament option. Mobley and Allen definitely the safer plays. Markin should play big minutes. He was awful last game, but still played 35 minutes. I think he's playable at a 6.5K price. And then Osman, if there's no um, if there's no Darius Garland, I do think he's a solid option off the bench. 29, 28 minutes. He's kind of playing that backup point guard role. Okoro is going to play huge minutes, but low, low usage. So not super exciting play. Indiana and Orlando. So we do have Malcolm Brogdon back, which makes it a little bit hard to prioritize Halliburton and Heald. So let's say they're both secondary plays. I think Brogdon's my favorite of the bunch. However, they've been taking the easiest minutes, 31, 29 minutes. We keep an eye on this news, though. If we get, like, indications that the minutes might go up for Brogdon, then I think he looks like a great play. If he's going to continue to play around 30 minutes, I think he's a solid option, but wouldn't be, like, a must-play. set at 6-1 feels priced about right. Last game, they started Jalen Smith, but, again, that was because Brogdon was out. So I would expect Smith to get moved back to the bench. He also got ejected last game. Isaiah Jackson most likely continues to start, but he's still been playing around 20 minutes. I, I think Smith's like playable off the bench, assuming he comes off the bench. Um, he's played pretty well recently, but I think that's it for the Pacers and the Magic side. So um, I think Carter Jr. of the spend-ups looks like the safest bet. However, the price is not super cheap at 7-7, seven, seven, um, but I do expect in the low, low 30s minutes from him in a competitive game. Cole Anthony Suggs, again, with Markel Fultz back. They did lose a little bit of run, but also the game did blow out. So I think they're in play for tournaments, both uh, Anthony and Suggs. I think it is a little bit easier to get to Suggs at this price point than Anthony, since Suggs is 5'6", as opposed to Anthony at 6'9". Franz Wagner, 5'9", again, secondary option. Mo Bamba, I do have some interest in for tournaments. He played 30 minutes last game. His minutes go all over the place, but like he's not a bad fantasy point for a guy. So he's always someone that intrigues me for GPPs. Markel Fultz, I mean, he looked pretty good out there. 10, 6, and 2 in 16 minutes uh, did take a little bit of usage away from those other guards. So um, assuming that he's going to continue to be limited, then I'm not going to go there yet. But I think I'll start to have some interest when that minutes limit goes up. New York and Philadelphia, so not a ton of like in the Knicks side. I think RJ Barrett, probably the guy I like the best at 7-5. He's played really, really well of late. Um, last five games, or for the last five, 56, 40, 61, and 41 fancy points. So I think Barrett's definitely in play. Um uh, for GBPs. Fournier going to play huge minutes. I think he's playable. I never get excited about playing Fournier because he's scoring independent, but he's been playing huge, huge minutes. Burks most likely starts. He had an awful game last game, but if he's going to continue to play mid-30s minutes, he's something you have to consider. Uh, and then quickly off the bench of 4-2, they play a little bit more last game. Two games ago, we got massive foul trouble. So if we're going to continue to get like 20 plus minutes and quickly off the bench, he's definitely someone I like for, for GBPs. I'm just not convinced the minutes will be there because it's Tom Thibodeau. And, you know, this rotation's been all over the place this year. On the Philadelphia side, so Harden went absolutely off last game. He's 11.2K. I think he's a solid spend-up. Uh, but do not expect 80 feints points again from him. Like, with him versus Embiid, I still think I lean Harden over Embiid. Embiid him in play, but doesn't look as good, obviously, with Harden in this lineup. Tobias Harris is taking the biggest backseat. I have no interest there. Maxi still had a couple of big games with Harden. I'm still not convinced he's going to play that well alongside Harden. So I'm going to pass on Maxi. 
and the value, there's just nothing here for me. Utah and Houston, a great matchup. Obviously, some blowout risk, but Donovan Mitchell, if you think this game can stay competitive, I think it looks like one of the better spot-ups in the slate. Um, just, again, great, great matchup. Rudy Gobert, 7-8, also looks phenomenal if you think this game can stay competitive. So the main two guys here for Utah look good. Secondary plays are just secondary plays for me. White Todd's a little bit too pricey for me to, to try to roll the dice on him off the bench. Um, that's probably it for Utah. Moving on to Houston. So, obviously, this game has some blowout risk. Keep it on KPJ news. Wooded AK, AK is in play as a contrarian spot. He's not been great recently. Kevin Ford Jr. If he's out, I think we can go right back to Schroeder. Sure, he didn't have the best game today. Also, it blew out. But um, if he starts again for Kevin Ford Jr., I think he's a solid option in the mid-range. Ownership most likely dropped. But there's not much else I'm looking to on the Houston side. Miami and Milwaukee. So, uh, Kyle Lowry is still out. This game should be a fun one to watch. Um, I think the main guys look good here for Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. Jimmy Butler's on pace for a solid game last game, and then uh, a game turned into blowout. So he's going to do a lot of the ball handling. I think he looks pretty good. And Bam Adebayo at 8.7K, um, I think is a solid option as well. I do prefer Jimmy since I think he gets really the big bump with Lowry off the court. Tyler Hero at 6'5". I think he's in play off the bench. If I t- try to take a shot at him, though, he will shoot 5% from the field. Um, value-wise, assuming Gabe Vincent continues to start, I think he's a decent value play. Uh, played 33 minutes last game. Like, I think we get around 30 minutes from him, which makes him a decent option for sure. Uh, Robinson, you can take a shot at him in tournaments. If he shoots well, they'll play him more, but he's been struggling shooting the ball. And then the likes of like Tucker and like Martin are playable contrarian value plays, but not super set about either. On the Milwaukee side, tougher matchup, but you can always get to Giannis at 12-2 because it's Giannis under the combo. So even though it's a tougher matchup, uh, I think he's playable. The issue is like Bam Adebayo has done a pretty good job defending him uh, over the years. Uh, Holiday Milton, don't really stand out. Portis, I don't love either. There's really not a lot on Milwaukee that I like just because Miami is so good defensively. So um, let's move on to Sacramento and New Orleans, a game that definitely has some appeal here. So Sabonis, can he stay out of foul trouble? The last two times I've played him, we've gotten massive foul trouble. So we've only seen 33 and 31 minutes. But if he can stay out of foul trouble, I mean, the offense is running through him. I think he looks great uh, at 9.8. I think Fox is in play as well at 8.1. Uh, he's been doing a, a much better job with the assist of late. Double-double uh, back-to-back games with 10 assists. So I do have some interest in Fox as well. I think the main two guys are Sacramento look good. And they're playing huge minutes right now. Um, Harrison Barnes at 6-4. It's a secondary play. He's fine. Um, as far as this grouping of like Lamb and Holiday and DiVincenzo and Mitchell, they're all playable, uh, but more tournament options. The guy that I do like for value, assuming that he starts again, is Trey Lyles. So Trey Lyles started played 31 minutes. Now, sure, outlier game. He's not going to shoot 10 to 14 most likely and go for 24 and 6. But if he continues to start and play like 25 plus minutes, I think Trey Lyles is a pretty good value play. On the Pelican side, so CJ McCollum, I don't think it's much ownership on the slate, but I mean, he's playing the point guard right now. So he is now their point guard. Um, I think he's a pretty good play still, even at 9K. I don't think people are, you know, I don't think people want to pay 9K for CJ. They, they see that price, like, oh, he should be like 7.5 to 8K. It's a completely different role, right? He's now their starting point guard in a great matchup. So I have no issue paying that price point for CJ. I think JV and Ingram look like decent options as well. We should get, you know, low 30s minutes from JV. We should get big minutes from Ingram, probably 35 plus. So the main three guys, I think, look pretty good here for the Pelicans. And I also like Jackson Hayes once again at 4-9, who I think probably plays close to 30 minutes if he can stay out of foul trouble. Um, he's been playing starting at the four and then playing the backup five. So I think Hayes looks pretty good there. Um, I mean, Devontae Graham is only 4K. He's going to play the backup front guard role and probably play low 20s minutes. I, I think he's he's in play for value. 
Um, let's finish up the last couple games here. OKC and Denver. So this game has a massive blowout risk. But if you think the Thunder can keep the game competitive, I think you've got to have interest in Shea, who's just doing everything for the team right now. Uh, but again, obviously some massive blowout risk. No Giddy, no Door, no Williams, no Jerome, no Wiggins, no Muscala. They are thin. Baisley 5-9, again, viable in the tournament setting. Uh, Trey Mann, I didn't buy into it. Or I said, like, be careful. I didn't. I don't like think he's going to continue to average 35. And sure enough, right back down to earth with a massive bust last game. But he's in play. He's going to shoot the ball a ton when he's out there. Um, as far as the center position goes, they've really been getting favors of DNP. So it's been Roby and then uh, whatever a... Um, Whatever an Oliver Saar is, he's been playing the backup five. Uh, so it's just an absolutely disgusting roster here for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, Pogoshevsky, I mean, sure, I guess you can play him in tournaments. His minutes go off. I, he, like, he would probably look a little bit better if this game blows out, which is definitely a possibility. Um, whatever this is, too, Vitz, Kregi, whatever that is, is might be starting in this game. Uh, for Aaron Wiggins, who's injured. So keep an eye on that starting lineup. Like, if he starts, sure, he's min-price. You can play him. Uh, but, yeah, this Thunder roster is just... It is really, really gross right now. Obviously, this game has massive blood rest. Jokic. So, like, if you're playing Shea uh, tomorrow, I think it makes sense to play Jokic. Or if you're playing Jokic, I think it makes sense to play Shea, really. Because if you're playing Jokic, you're banking on this game staying competitive. If the game stays competitive, it's obviously going to be a big game from Shea. So... Uh, I think Jokic looks good if you think this game can stay competitive. The secondary plays and Gordon Barton and Morris are just secondary options. And a blowout, sure, you can consider Boogie, but now his price is way up to 4-5. So um, not much else here on the Denver side. Let's finish up with Portland and Phoenix. So Portland, another team that is very, very thin. Going on the road, the best team of the Phoenix Suns. Another game that has massive blowout risk. But if you think the game can stay competitive... These can be the two reasons why. Simons and Hart. So I think they're good GPP plays. Again, massive blowout rest in this one. But those two are going to be the reason that this game stays close if it does. Eubanks been starting. I think he's a fair value. He's kind of splitting minutes with Watford right now. Watford himself at 3-9. Again, fair play. Him and Eubanks should split the center minutes. Uh, Greg Brown did not start for once the last game, but still did uh, see a little bit of a, a minutes uptick. So I think he's a fair value play. They started Keon Johnson, who played 26 minutes. Pretty bad. Um, Ellaby is going to start and probably play 25 to 30 minutes. I guess he's fine. This is another roster that is just, whew, it is gross. Whatever a Brandon Williams is, he's going to play the backup point guard. Um, Kelgen Blevins is like in this rotation. It is, it is not pretty right now for Portland. And on the Phoenix side, so uh, Devin Booker, if you think the Blazers keep the game close, I think he makes for a great option because he's doing everything for the team. I'm not convinced this game stays close, but if it does, you could see a massive game from Devin Booker. Same thing with DeAndre Aiden at 6'8". You should be able to feast against this front court. Um, so the main guys there look pretty good. Now, we do have campaign probable. Keep an eye on the news. It, it was a wrist injury that kept him out for a while. So, like, there might not be a limitation, right? If it's just a wrist injury, he's probably been doing cardio on the side. So, like, if he's good to go, I could see him just playing normal minutes. So keep an eye on this news. If Cameron Payne like starts and there's no limitations, I think he's prop one of the best values in the slate. Um, and then like the the wings uh, definitely take a hit with Bridges, Johnson, and Crowder with campaign back. Um, so there's not much else there that I'm looking to. Um, like I guess if if campaign doesn't start, if Cam Johnson continues to start, then he looks pretty good at five three. Maybe there's boot Aaron Holiday out of the rotation. We'll see. 
Um, and McGee will play the backup center role. Again, probably only will play about 15 minutes. But if Aiden gets in foul trouble, um, he's a guy that obviously does have the upside to break a slate. So that's going to wrap it up for the video, guys. If you have been enjoying the content, just make sure to hit that like button. It really does help me out. Subscribe to the notification bell. All those things uh, would be greatly, greatly appreciated, guys. Uh, but have a great night, and I will see everyone in the next video.